This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This is the besotted pride of West London. I suppose it's a mini-pod. We're coming to you after the FA Cup game against Leicester and it's before the league game against Swansea. So he decided to squeeze it in, have a little chinwag, have a little chat, talk about what went down on Saturday, what's going down on Wednesday and then we'll see what happens. We're going to come back with another podcast on Thursday, the main podcast of the week, but we thought we'd just have a mini pod, a mini chat myself and Lainey in the house. Lainey, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. Yeah, not uh, not not feeling on top of the world at the moment. I spent a day in bed on uh, Monday, which was unlike me. Um, nothing, no symptoms, so I'm okay about that. I've got a test today, um, so I'm expecting the results back tomorrow. But as I said, you know, I just feel a bit just under the weather rather than kind of lack of smell or taste or temperature or whatever. So I'm, I'm expecting it to come back negative, but you never know. You never know. Well, fingers crossed, everything's all right there, Laney. Maybe it might have been the snow at the weekend because we actually we had a little bit of frost, didn't we? And maybe you went out and you were sort of throwing too many snowballs and and, and sledging down too many hills, maybe. Yep, <laughs> I did go for a long walk in it. I did get bloody cold, so uh, yeah, it's probably something very much to do with that. But uh, yeah, normally I've got, I would have come back and uh, warmed my cockles by watching Brentford win, but I came back and I watched us lose to Leicester. But we'll talk about that in a moment, and no doubt. And just talking about the snow, it was quite amazing because obviously we've been sort of sitting in our houses and everyone's been getting a bit forlorn the past few weeks or the, well, probably even the past four months. But it's amazing what a little difference the snow makes. It's almost like it was such a change for that day. There was, a, even though Brentford were playing on that Sunday morning, there was quite a lot of pottiness where everyone just sort of went out. And before you knew it, there was all sorts of snowmen popped up with Brentford stars <laughs> and Brentford shirts and, you know, carrot noses and everything like that, would it? Yeah, no, it's good fun. I mean, everyone, it brings the kid out in, in everyone, doesn't it? Snow. You just want to get out and just walk in it and eat it and just chuck it and make, as you said, make snowmen out of it. So, uh, yeah, it's, it is uh, a little bit of a change of scenery as well, isn't it? Just, uh, you know, it's been monotonous, cold, wet, 
miserable and uh, just getting a bit of kind of light-hearted everyone out in the snow it uh, you know I'm sure it uh, did a lot of people I wouldn't say the world are good but it's uh, got them out in the fresh air at least and talking about FA Cup weekend I mean I was quite potty for FA Cup third round weekend fourth round weekend it was slightly different and and obviously we had the scenario where we you know it wasn't an eye follow um, because it was a, a, a game that was picked for TV and it was one of the TV channels that I haven't got and there was like oh no it's on BT Sport and you were trying to, I was trying to find out which, which way you can actually watch it. Is any way you could buy a day pass, a night pass, any pass. And there was no way. And the only way to do it was to buy a sort of a, a £25 monthly pass for BT Sports. So uh, I did it in the end. And in the end, you, you know what you do. It's like you sort of go, all right, I'm, I'm going I'm to get I'm gonna best value possible out of this. I'm going to make sure that I see as much <laughs> football as possible. So I, I cleared it with the missus. I said, look, uh, me and my daughter, FA Cup weekend. We're going to, there's 10 games on TV. We're going to watch all of them. <laughs> so we started on Friday night and we watched the game on Friday, the, the, um, the, the Chorley game. So we saw that. And then we saw the games on Saturday. And, and I have to admit, you know, like sometimes when you, know, when you go out with your mates and sometimes they say, you know, oh, yeah, go on, go, go on, have another pint. Or oh, I'm going to drink like 10 pints. And you're like six in and you're really struggling. Or, or you decide that you're going to get the hottest curry in the curry house, like you know what I'm saying, to try and be really big. And, you know, after the sort of like sort of three minutes of chewing, you're really, really strong. I have to admit, by that Sheffield Wednesday game on Saturday night, I was struggling. <laughs> I really was. And then it came. And then it came to the Sunday, and then we lost. And after that, I was thinking, Oh Jesus, I've got to go for another two games tonight. Like you know, so it was it was quite bad. But I'm 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 almost there. There's one more match tonight, the Bournemouth Crawley match, and that'll be end the end. And that's the most football I think I've watched since I think it was World Cup 2006. <laughs> So, so you're, you're saying your eyes are bigger than your belly? <laughs> Most definitely. I remember me and Tuck, we went to Germany and it wasn't too bad then because it was the German World Cup and we basically went to his beer garden and we sat in the beer garden every single day and just watched matches consecutively day after day after day and it was quite a laugh then because the weather was good and you're outside and you just wall to wall but never since then have I watched so much football in all my life and I, I can't wait for it to end to be quite honest with you well, you, as you said you picked a good week I mean BT have got all the Prem games haven't they for the next two weekends so you're, you're going to be you're going to be like literally you'll be like chucking the chucking the TV remote control down the toilet so you can't watch it <laughs> oh god you know but anyway Listen, there's there's worse positions to be in, I suppose. But anyway, mm. talking about FA Cup and talking about the matches, we are going to hark back to the weekend when Brentford put out a side against the mighty Leicester. And, and Leicester. And Leicester. And they did all right for 45 minutes anyway. Let's go and talk about the Leicester game. So Leicester City came down to New Griffin Park on the weekend. And it was, like I said to you, it was like Groundhog Day from the year before when Leicester City came down to Old Griffin Park at the weekend in the fourth round of the FA Cup. And it looked like for a minute it wasn't going to be a repeat of last season's game because Mads Beck Sorensen steamed right in there and bundled the ball into the back of the net very early on. It was, I think it was about six minutes in. And we thought, hold on a second, we've got a game on here because it was a 
weird one because before the match talking to everybody everybody was resigned they knew that it was going to be a a a squad team as we call it to be respectful to the players so they knew it wasn't going to be the Ivan Tone well he couldn't play anyway but it wasn't going to be you know he couldn't play anyway but it wasn't going to be the sort of the players who play in our first team um, necessarily it was going to be more squad players coming in for this one because we had a massive game coming up against Swansea on Wednesday which we're going to talk about a little bit later so all our expectations were massively lowered. Then all of a sudden, Mad Spec Sorensen only goes and bangs the ball in the back of the net on six minutes. The pottiness increases amongst the Brentford Massive. And all of a sudden, we're thinking, game on here. We might actually be able to do Leicester in the fourth round of the FA Cup. How are you feeling when that ball went in, Laney? Yeah, um, I didn't get too carried away. I have to admit, I, you know, it, it, it wasn't the Brentford performance that you know um, we would have it would have taken to beat Leicester. Leicester always had too much about them. I thought Leicester um, they started off, they come out of the traps again. You know, in the in the game you talk about uh, Old Griffin Park, they went ahead inside a minute and they could have done the same. Um, they did that in the second half. They they come out and they they'd equalised before we'd even sort of got out of the blooming uh, changing room by the looks of it. So I, I just thought it was it wasn't necessarily against the run of play, but we we had a guilt edge chance and we took it. But I always thought Leicester was they they had too much about them. As soon as they found their gears, uh, they they were going to blow us away, and they did. And I, and I in the end, I kind of I was a bit relieved that it only ended up at three. I think on another day, um, if uh, they, you know, they really sort of sniff blood, they could have got a lot more. I don't think we really created a huge amount more than the goal. Um, nothing that really stands out to me. I mean, it, it was a it was a decent first forty-five. Don't get me wrong. You know, they 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 were fringe players, um, and but I just thought all three goals that Brentford conceded, there was a sniff of self self inflicted about it. You know, Godos got caught in possession for the first one. Um, uh, the second, you know, uh, the, the the penalty was just a trip, um, and you know, they just it was just you know just slack slack defending for the for the third one. So, yeah, I, I you know I, I just think we probably got what we deserved overall. It's interesting. I mean, you talk about that. I mean, for me, I'd say that. Um <laughs> when the game started off, I was thinking, oh, you know, we're going to be lucky to, to get away with, uh, you know, maybe sort of just a two or a three niller here. Um, they were targeting um, down on the side of... of, of um, down the right-hand side, yeah. Stevens's side as well. And listen, fair play to Stevens. If you have to remember Stevens, you know, in the summer, I, I, was, I was in Brighton in the summer and I wanted to go and see Worthing play Lansing. I couldn't get a ticket because it sold out in about three minutes. But the irony is that if I'd gone to that game, I would have actually seen Finn Stevens play for Worthing, not knowing that he was a Brentford player. Next minute, Finn Stevens becomes a Brentford player. Um, 16 years old, I think he was. Then he becomes 17 years old. And then next minute, he's playing in the FA Cup against Leicester at left back in a position which is not even really his his main position. So uh, he was always going to be under it that time. And then the first 10 minutes, you could see that they were targeting him. He was looking very nervous. He was looking nerve-wracking. I think they actually swapped... Um, I think um, Pinnock actually swapped with Sorensen to come over to give him a little bit of help and protection and maybe a little bit of guidance as well. But after mm. we kind of came out that first 10 minutes after we went ahead, I thought it calmed down a little bit. He calmed down a little bit he started to get into the game and if anything I mean he would have got massive experience out of that game um, but it, it was one of those ones where it was definitely a Brentford almost like 
a Brentford of old, where we were a division, a third tier side playing a Premier League side. Not saying that we're third tier, but you understand what I'm saying in yeah, those yeah, days. And we'd go out there and we all of a sudden we get a chance, we take the chance, but also that you could see that we were still green in a number of ways and making a number of mistakes in a number of ways. And if those mistakes punished us, which they normally would do back in the day, then we'd get knocked out. And I think it was almost felt like a back in the day cup match to me. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear that. And I think that's a really good point. Um, we did look League One. Um, we looked like a plucky League One team. We've, we've, we've stripped out a lot of our quality um, and what was left there was there was enough about us but you know that's that's we're splitting hairs right you know the the the, the be all end all here is that we gave valuable experience to to youth and fringe players um, Presley came on towards the end he could have scored uh, there, there yeah there were, there were bright moments and that's, that's you know I'm not I'm not being doom and gloom but you know it, 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 we are kind of picking at uh you know we're picking at sort of straws here where you know we're picking trying to find some sort of positivity you know it was a weakened team and we didn't really go toe-to-toe with them in 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 the quality stakes if we if we'd had our first team out I reckon it would have been an incredible end-to-end game but that's not what we needed you know we don't need to show the world we're a great team against a, a higher opposition we know that already we need to get to the higher opposition level in the Premier League and show them it week in week out that's that's where we need to be now it's not it's, it's, this isn't educating the world to you know we, we can push Leicester in the, in the cup you know that's that's kind of like the icing on the cake next year perhaps but you know we'll, we'll see how it goes but um, yeah it, 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 I wasn't at the end of it I, it wasn't like doom and gloom but um, I wouldn't say I enjoyed the afternoon too much. It's interesting you, you say that. I mean, we're talking about frustration here again. I mean, last year it was probably slightly different because the whole world, because we're on BBC One. When you're on BBC One, everyone sees you play. And everyone, especially, like I said, because they'd heard about us. And then when they saw us play and we didn't quite meet their expectations, there was a little bit of disappointment from a lot of my friends who were going, oh, I'd heard all about your team, but oh, it wasn't quite there. And you had to spend a lot of time explaining to them, actually, that wasn't our first team. You know, the BMW wasn't playing and so on and so forth. This time we had a, a pretty similar situation. OK, we were tucked away on BT Sport. But, you know, a number of people do watch that because it was the only match on at the time, if I remember rightly. And there's also... If you looked at on social media, people hadn't seen us. Um, some certain commentators, you know, they were commenting on how Brentford, you know, oh, they, we went ahead and then all of a sudden they came back and how disappointing it was. But you could tell that they didn't have the real knowledge about what the depth of our team was. And in a strange way, I'm sort of thinking in one way, it doesn't matter to us, but another way you sort of think... I wish everybody knew. I wish they actually knew what was going on here. The fact that Brentford was a massively reconciled. I mean, I know they said it a few times on the television, but it's almost like I think they didn't want to devalue their game when people are watching it to say, oh, by the way, Brentford have played a weakened side because they're not, you know, the viewers will be going, well, what's this all about then? So I think there's still a lot of people who, I mean, some people went to me, oh, really sorry about that. I'm lucky. And you, and immediately you go, it doesn't bother me too much. You know, we got the young kids out, we played together. Oh, really? That wasn't your first team. And in a strange way, there is, a, when you play these matches and you are on view to a, a bigger um, audience, you do get a little bit disappointed that they still might take it the wrong way, don't you? Yeah, I, don't, I, I, I do agree with that. And uh, I think we learned more about 
the strength and depth and you know the strength of some of the squad players in the earlier rounds of the the league cup run i think we looked a stronger team um, by you know when once we sort of dropped some of the first teamers the you know the plus plus games uh, plus plus players um, so but we there was mitigating circumstances you know Marcondes wasn't available Devasoglu wasn't available they're two players that probably would have been there um, obviously you mentioned Tony and De Silva they weren't uh, they were suspended anyway so they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have featured but you know, earlier on. In the in the League Cup game, we we, we brought those players on, on in you know for substitutes appearances perhaps, uh, but Leicester you know come on you know Leicester riding high in the Prem, they're one of the most exciting teams to watch. They their their quality. I mean I love watching them, and uh, you know if you if you if you take out all the all the stars of our team, they're they're they're, they're going to be too strong for us. And I said that last week. I said three one Leicester, and I got it right. I wish I'd bet on it. To, uh, to be fair as well, you know, you know they, they, they were a good side. Um, Leicester, I mean, Leicester are a great side. And for Brentford, listen, we, we went into that match to learn. I think we learned a lot. I mean, I'm just wondering because instead of looking at this in a negative way, there, I thought there's a lot of positives that you want to take out of this game or that we should have taken out of this game anyway. Um, and I know that's a really weird way to sort of kind of look at losing a cup final. But I think also, don't forget, we went into that game with zero expectation. Then we had quite a lot of expectation when we went 1-0 up. And then we had even more expectation when we managed to sort of kind of curtail Leicester for the, the, the most of that first half where they were kind of like, I wouldn't say struggling a bit, but they, they definitely weren't, um, they weren't on top of their game in the first half you know what I'm saying so I think that there was certain positive and then in the second half they came out got two very early goals and that kind of destroyed us you saw heads going down but I'm saying there must be some positives out of this game Laney that must have been there I mean what did you take from positives the positives that we gave them a real good game for 45 minutes and that that was a bit of a surprise we took the lead uh, and then we looked solid after going ahead I thought before that we looked a bit shaky um, and then the half time came really uh, not a great time for us you know we would have carried on playing for the 90 I, I think we would have probably you know got at least a draw or taken some extra time or something I don't know but uh, you know like Madison he looked out he, he didn't look on his game um, you know Tielemans who I know is an incredible incredibly skillful player you know he he just looked out sorts a bit we looked okay um, half time and then Brendan Rodgers gives them a rocket and they come out they 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 look they look on a different level to us at that stage you know goalkeeper didn't do himself many favors with with the second one um sorry not the second one the third one um so it's yeah you know the positives are we didn't get completely and utterly blown away um on another day they really could have done us some harm um the positives are as i said 45 minutes we we've gone in with our tails up and that that will do a lot of those kids um you know a, a great deal of good I think for me, Mads Beck Sorensen, who's a player who, you know, sometimes you sort of think, you know, he's a good standing player, but, you know, there's a little bit of nerve sometimes with Mads Beck. But I just actually thought that, you know, considering the opposition and considering the game, 
I'm sitting there thinking, you know, I'm not being funny, but he's he's the top boy because he was like this. He's like almost like one of the senior players in the side, and he's only played just over 30 games for Brentford, and he actually looks quite assured and he looks confident. And yes, of course, he's got mistakes in him, but he he still is quite a green, quite a young player. And I'm thinking things like that. Uh, are very positive, positive for Brentford. Obviously, he's a stand-in player for Pontus Janssen at the moment now. But I'm just sort of thinking, I mean, obviously, at the moment now, because Pontus is injured, the decision's been made not to get in another centre-back because they're quite happy with what we've got at the moment now. You know, they're happy with uh, Madspec Sorensen. They're, mad, they're very happy with, you know, obviously with Good, with probably with Rakic, with, you know, whoever else is, is on the sidelines there. And, uh, and I think that's testament to how he's grown within the game. So I think that's actually, that was a real positive. What I thought was also positive, I mean, I think at one stage of the game, they must have, been, and please don't take this the wrong way, you know, if you listen to this, any of the of, of the, the younger players coming in, but I think they must have had somebody sort of changing nappies on either side of the pitch somewhere because, I mean, literally, players were coming on and we were talking about proper ute proper youth players coming on the pitch right by the end of the game we had a really really young side I mean what we're talking about sort of 17 year olds 18 year olds I think 19 year old was actually quite quite old by the time we kind of got to the end of the game and uh, I thought again that was quite good and quite brave of Brentford who just thought tell you something let's just give these guys a game let's give them the experience because you know if we're going to put our trust in them in a year or a year and a half or two years time you know because somebody like Aaron Presley he's obviously our third choice striker at the moment now and he's he's got to have to fit in at some stage at Brentford, you know. Uh, we could be a, we could be fingers crossed the Premier League side next season. And if we are, is Aaron Presley going to be the you know the third straight or the second striker for us, or are we going to have to sell him to another club? If we have to sell him to another club, he's going to have to have game time and he's show that he's actually a half decent player. So you know, giving these players actual time, I think is actually is is really good. Now, Yes, we lost 3-1 and it might not look like it at the time, but I think it will reap its rewards in six months or eight months time or maybe even at the end of the season when we're on our tail and we're, we're needing to bring players on at the back end of the season when we used to do that before and we were playing, you know, Harley Dean up front in, 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 a, in a promotion mm. season when we should have really been going for it because we, well, we're not going to go into the reason why we didn't buy players when we could have done in, the, in, in, in January because that's a different worry. But you understand what I'm saying? So sometimes you don't know the benefits until the time comes. I, I do have to say um, that one, you know, there was lots of substitutions. The one substitution that just didn't work for me at all was Janelt coming off and Jensen coming on. Jensen, I thought, was absolutely shocking when he came on. Um, I, he's, he's one for has to do so much better. You know, he he's one of the experienced players in that team. He needs to lead by example, and that's not that's not missing a pass every time and kicking the ball out. He he, he really frustrated me, I have to admit. What I'll say, and I think you're right there, frustrated all of us a lot, but I think maybe what that is showing us is that, you know, when, when Norgard went missing, we did struggle with this, this, you know, with that position. You know, Jensen went there, whoever else, you know, went there at the time, and we really did struggle until Janel came out of the blue, and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, brilliant. But it's almost like Janel has now become the man. Norgard is still not back as yet. And if those two players aren't playing, that position 
there's a big question mark in that position. It's like, who's going to fill that position? And it's almost like, you know, is this, there's, there's obviously nobody coming through from the, from the B team or graduated out of the B team who is actually going to take that position by the scruff of the neck. And that'd probably be a little bit worrying if Norgard didn't get um, fit, you know, quicker than we expected him to, and Janelt got suspended or injured, wouldn't it? Yeah, and you know, there's a good chance Jensen's going to feature uh, against Swansea on Wednesday night. And if he does, he needs to be double the player as he was on Sunday. You know, a fact um, that it just wasn't good enough. You know, it's excusable for you know for one or two of the kids to make mistakes. You kind of expect it. I don't expect it from him quite as frequently. And just cutting out the individual errors, you know, it's great playing out from the back, but not if it plays you into trouble. I thought we played, I thought we were just too elaborate um, for the sake of it. I'm not saying we need to go more direct, but we don't really need to be bringing pressure on from Leicester. Um, you know, and then, you know, Godos giving the ball away where he did, that led to the equaliser, you know, a fact. Um, he, he didn't need to be making that sideways backwards pass. He needed to be looking forward, getting the ball away from danger. You know, we're learning, but these are expensive mistakes and we can't be doing that in the league games. Not at all. Um, we talked about the fact that players, are, well, I mean, we were bringing young players off the bench and that's because you know I suppose in effect we first of all wanted to blood them but also the the, the depth of our, our squad we decided to put our more experienced players in Cottonwall for this game because we really need them for the Swansea game and also the squad wasn't bringing enough to bring uh, probably a few experienced players through because some of our experienced players are elsewhere uh, one of our experienced players which to be honest he wasn't really one of our experienced players because we already sold him in the summer but it was all masked up as a loan because we had to get him out the door very quickly. So we said, West Ham, give us £5 million um, so we could do a quick deal. And then what you do is at the end of the season, you just give us the rest of the money. So we got him out the door really quickly. We got the bit of the money in. Uh, but West Ham have decided now to give us all the money that we want and just seal the deal because they're trying to get another loan player in. And he was taking up a loan spot. So the Ben Rama deal is fully and totally ratified. He was never going to come back to us, to be quite honest with you. So Ben Rama is actually properly a West Ham player now. And Brentford are another £20, uh, 20 million pounds, um, richer on top of the £5 million that they got beforehand. So uh, that's to add to all the rest of the money that's coming through. And I know a lot of people are going to say, all right, let's buy 55 players. I'm not sure if that's going to quite happen. But um, yeah, Ben Rama's so you, going. So you, you, think, you think that they, they wouldn't have paid all the money today, would they? No, but it doesn't. No, I mean, I very much doubt they would have done. But at the end of the day, the money is, you know, the cash. They owe it. Yeah, they owe the money. The cash flow is real. However, it's however it's meant to be paid. That is for us to do. But at least we can put it into our books. And that fact that we have got twenty thousand pounds coming. So our debtors, or twenty million, sorry, or the bank, or whoever it may do. Um, you know, could just put that against our profit and loss account, um, along with all the other signings that we've made, which, again, a lot of them wouldn't have been paid up front. But we know that that money should be coming at some stage in the future as well. So how did you feel about that? I mean, Ben Rama finally leaving or has he gone as far as you're concerned? Yeah, he was gone as far as I was concerned. I was always chilled about the fact that the, the Golds and the Sullivans weren't going to do us over in the transfer market. You know, I, I, I don't 
don't I don't think they're cleverer than our guys, and I think uh, you know our, our guys are probably better off than them as well. So uh, um, no, I, I honestly thought that 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 deal was 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 never as shaky as, as some feared, and that's not you know it's not to say that they they're not they're not dodgy characters potentially, and they they might not they would have tried to shaft us, but they can't shaft us now. Um, you know if they've if they've completely confirmed the deals permanent, then they owe that money. So yeah. It's uh, as you said. It it means that whether it's th- three months or three years time, they'll they'll have to pay the full thirty odd million quid for him, which is is great for a player that wanted to get away, wanted to get his move, and it looks like he's getting more and more game time. He started tonight against Palace, so you know I, I just hope he goes on and fulfills his potential there. Right, and Halil. Devisoglu is a player who is a Brentford player and he hasn't had loads of game time with us. He literally has just come back from Sparta. Is it Sparta? Oh, no, he's come back from 20, actually, in, uh, in in Holland. We sent him out there on loan because he wasn't getting enough game time. He didn't score any goals out there in his loan time out there, three or four months. So he's come back. He's played one game in the FA Cup. And then he's gone back out to loan. We talked about this last week very briefly, saying that it looked like he was going to go to Galatasaray on loan. And it has happened. Galatasaray have come in for him. He's gone to loan Galatasaray. If you check out, there's a um, publication called footballarena.com, which is a Turkish newspaper. And we gave a little bit of a comment, uh, gave a little bit of a comment to that one on Dervis Soglu. And they've written it up. Um, like I said to you, big, 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 big Turkish paper and big Turkish team. And that to me, is actually an interesting and potentially a very good move for all parties because for me Dervisoglu um, was one of those players which you weren't sure is he in isn't he not in where will he play to me he's not quite a striker he's more of an attacking midfielder but then we've got other attacking midfielders that come in so what do we do do we bring him on and give him five minutes every three or four games or so for him to go over to Turkey to a big side who in the justice the world justice league whether or not you believe it or not is roughly the same level as us Galatasaray I think are about 90th we're about 88th in the world in comparison to all the other teams when all these XG and these stats people have put this league table together and uh, you know it's not too bad Brentford's sort of 88th in the world um, as far as they're concerned and the chances you created and the chances that you're letting in and all that so with similar sides he's going to play you know I say in front of big crowds there's no crowds at the moment over there but he's going to be playing for a big team against um, big sides in, in Turkey and that's going to be a real test for him because if he gets some good time some good hours and he actually plays some decent football he can actually come back to us and, and be useful and more than a bit player in it lady Yes, it's almost like a dream loan, really, isn't it? For him to go back to you know to Turkey um, and uh, be at a club of that stature it is it is huge. Um, I know, and I know I, it did make me laugh. I know it was only one one person on Twitter, but they they were kind of like obviously a Galatasaray fan, and they were kind of like incredulous that you know who uh, they called us. They called Brentford a village team, and who, who were we to be demanding that he goes there and? Has to play so you know by the sounds of it he's gone there and we've asked for you know some sort of guarantee or some sort of you know promise that he's going to get game time so uh, for him to go and be mixing uh, you know in uh, that stature of a club in, in in Istanbul is is just for his learning for his development money can't buy that well, it is funny when you say that. I mean, with the, the Turkish fans, it will go berserk. 
Um, I mean, there's plenty of experience with it with uh, Bright or Say Samuels. As you know, um, he did a pre-deal with Fenerbahce and that was pretty widely known that he was going to do the pre-deal, but it was all kind of hushed up. And uh, I just looked at the comments under when they finally said Bright Osea Samuels is signed for Fenerbahce. They basically did the pre-deal, which is meant to go in the summer. But in the end, Bright Osea Samuels, you know, QPR said there's no point him staying for us for six months because like we're not going to pay him we're not even going to talk to him he's not even going to turn up for training so they did a deal so he's actually going to go there early and if you looked at the comments all the QPR fans are saying does that mean that we're just not going to get you know three million Turkish comments on every single tweet that we put out now and then then they and are they going to stop calling us a small club because they're getting really annoyed (laughs) that the Turks are calling them a small club they're like saying why are you keeping him you're just a small club and they're getting really annoyed (laughs) so I think there's this whole thing with Turkey because obviously Galatasaray Fenerbahce they've got big fans with massive support they get very 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 angsty and a little bit kind of eye pokey with other teams thinking mm. that they're small. There's there's definitely teams like going on a very team teams like Brentford, teams like QPR going on. So I find that quite uh, amusing. It has to be said. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, you, you've seen the you've seen the videos, you've seen the YouTube clips. You've you can see you know that that Istanbul derby is up there with the, some of the most ferocious matches in world football. Um, and to be you know obviously there during. In COVID is is a lesser experience because the crowds aren't going to be there. However, you know it's the coaching, it's the it's the that kind of the the, the expectations of a club. It's it, he's going to if he's not at Brentford, you know I, I don't think there's many places you you would wish him <laughs> to go to. You know, as I said, money can't buy that experience. So go and enjoy it, learn as much as you can, learn as much as you can. But listen, just one last shout as well. I gave him a shout last week and before the match. I mean, last year I I met up with the proud foxes, which is the the Leicester LGBT. They came down to uh, the Globe. Yeah, they came down to the Globe and they had a good drink with us last year and it was uh, it was great. And uh, But this year, obviously, we couldn't do that. So in this year, for the first time, I've done my first pre-match football Zoom, which was which was quite strange, but it was quite good. Everyone sort of sitting around. Everyone had a few drinks. We had a good chat. Like I said to you, with the uh, the, the Proud Foxes, they're all there. And, and also with the LGBTs, the Brentford LGBT group as well. So they were all on there as well. And I was a special guest. So that was good, having a good chat for half an hour before the game. So give you another shout out. Well done. Good luck in the fifth round against Brighton. I hope you spank them um, very much so. So anyway, look, but we are going to now not talk about that Leicester game anymore because we are not up for the cup because we've been eliminated. However, we are potty and very much up for the Swansea game on Wednesday because this is a big game and it could, it could, I don't want to be too overly dramatic, but it could define our season. Let's have a little break and then let's come back and let's talk about Swansea. So, Wednesday night, we have the game against Swansea, which is rearranged after it actually was on the day that we were meant to play our FA Cup fourth game round against Leicester. It's the game against Leicester, even. And uh, so, yes, so it's moved to the following Wednesday. And um, it kind of did us a few favours, actually, this FA Cup, because if uh, we were knocked out by Middlesbrough, then, unfortunately, Ivan Tony. And Josh De Silva would have been out 
for the Swansea game, which would have been last weekend. But luckily, we had an FA Cup game, which means that they were out for that game, which they weren't going to play anyway. And Wednesday, we're going to have, in principle, as far as we know, um, pretty much a full squad against Swansea. Now, this is a big game, isn't it, Laney? Yeah, if if we were being able to go to the games and you know we were getting really excited about uh, you know just kind of how the season is starting to build now uh, I think this would have taken on kind of the magnitude of the, the Nottingham Forest game from last year it, it is a lot of stake here um, two teams banging form two teams that play football um, and I and I, I I just think that as you said the the, the way the suspensions have fallen it's it's kind of helped us being involved you know with the FA Cup games being where they were because Josh De Silva he has three much banned for the straight red and he served two of them in games he wouldn't have played in anyway so that's that's really that's that's great uh, I, we've missed him. Um, uh, it's a game that we have to turn up for. I'm not saying there's any any suggestion that we won't, but it's a game that we we have to be really really up for. Uh, and you know we saw uh, at New Griffin Park earlier on the season they almost nicked it right at the death. It was the goal that they scored and it was disallowed for offside or an infringement. I can't remember what, but you know after being a goal up through Ivan Tony. IU scored and then there was that goal disallowed again right on the final whistle um, so Swansea really really are str- we know what they're capable of they pushed us really hard in the playoffs uh, they're, they're, they're one of the better teams in this division and they're proving it you know uh, we're 16 unbeaten in the league there's a lot of stake something's got to give um, you know I, I suggest it probably might be a draw but uh, you know I, I think we're capable of going there and winning so yeah I'm really I'm really potty for tomorrow absolutely potty I'm sure there's also somebody in Wales who's absolutely potty for it Tom from Total Swans TV who knows everything about Swansea he's going to give us a little lowdown what's going down with the Swans. Hi all, Tom here from Total Swans TV, available on YouTube for all Swansea City match day vlogs and live match watch alongs, and on social media for all things Swansea City news and related. Um, so thanks to Billy for inviting me on to give a quick uh, match preview ahead of the Wednesday night game against Brentford at the Liberty Stadium. Uh, the Swans currently sat second in the table with 46 points, um, better than, than than Watford on goal difference and with a game in hand over them. Um, so in a strong position in the league at the moment with games to play. Uh, you Brentford fans know all too well about that sort of situation. Um, so 14 clean sheets so far uh, in the league with um, only 13 goals conceded in 24 games, which is massively impressive and it's it's in the plaudits that it deserves um you know throughout the leagues um i don't th- i don't honestly think that there's a single swansea city fan who who isn't happy with our season so far obviously it could be better we could be unbeaten on top of the table but second place in the league will do for now it's a very promising position to be in um i think we are in a better position than we were last season we've managed to hold on to most of our core squad um while um reloaning and re-signing some of the same players uh, like freddie woodman and mark Gaihi, who have both been unbelievable uh, and instrumental in our defense and going a long way with our defensive record so far this season um clearly we've managed to sign jamal Lowe um for a measly eight hundred thousand pound uh, which is proven to be a real bargain so far this season uh, we kept andre Ayew. We 
We've held on to a few of the core players, as I've said, but um, you know the form off the back of last season um, paired up with the group of lads that we've got that are all thriving to succeed. Uh, it's sort of carried over from last season, uh, and Steve Cooper's got us set up in a way um, in which you know it's not only enjoyable to watch, but at the same time we're picking up results uh, when it's not so pretty on the pitch. Uh, and I think that more than anything is probably the biggest difference uh, in our squad to last season is that we have been able to grind out results in not so pretty games uh, and maybe in games where you know we shouldn't have won but we've been able to pick up maximum points um as i say there have been games this season uh, that we would have lost or dropped points uh, from you know within a winning position uh, this year we've only dropped two points from a winning position um you know we've added the experience and leadership to our defense in Ryan Bennett and Ryan Manning um in January, uh, which we are now, we've um, had a few players recalled. We had Casey Palmer recalled from Bristol City and Morgan Gibbs-White recalled uh, from Wolves as well. A loss for two players, but Palmer being a bench sort of player and a bit part player, not a huge loss there. And Morgan Gibbs-White only featuring five games since the start of the season due to injury. So, you know, a contribution, but not a huge loss there. But at the same time, um, we've been able to replace those two players with Connor Horahan coming in uh, from the Premier League and, of course, American Jordan Morris coming in so two good attacking players hopefully they can bring uh, some additions to the team and carry us forward in our quest uh, for the rest of the season um, we've you know we've had some really good additions to our midfield uh, Corey Smith also coming in has been brilliant uh, can't fault his contributions so far um, and you know we're still continuing to integrate youth players into the squad as well, which is fantastic to see, uh, and something that a lot of Swansea fans want want to continue uh, in the future. Uh, so again, massive, exciting times to come for Swansea. Um, looking back at the game earlier on in the season, uh, a one-all draw against Brentford. It was a it was a, a tight game on the night. I think both sides had the opportunity to go on and win it. Um, but, you know, goalkeeping um, excellence from your behalf, uh, from Rea, and some strong defensive contributions as well, you know, kept the game at one all. Um, it could have could have gone our way right at the depth with Andre Ayew having um, a goal disallowed for offside literally on the last action of the game. The referee didn't even continue to allow the free kick for the offside. Um, so we could have snatched it right at the end, but it wasn't to be. Um, again, I'd say it was a very uh, even contest. Both sides had, had their opportunities in the game. Uh, Brentford with a majority of possessions, Swans with a majority of chances, but a, a draw, I think, was honestly the fair result on the night. Um, looking ahead to tomorrow, to Wednesday, um, I expect again a very difficult game against Brentford. You know, you're on a fantastic, fantastic run, uh, a fantastic unbeaten run, I should say. Um, and it's going to be a very difficult game. I wouldn't expect anything less uh, from a Brentford side who are, again, chasing promotion just as much as we are. So, um, I honestly think that there's probably going to be a few changes from our end. Um, I would expect that very much the same sort of team that faced uh, Barnsley before the Cup game, but I would expect um, Bennett to come in for Norton and Horahan for Smith, possibly. Um, who knows with, whether Horahan will actually start in the league straight away or not. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what changes Cooper makes, if any. Um, the obvious players to look out for would be, uh, of course, Andre Ayew. You know how much of a dangerous threat that he can be on his own. Um, but also Jamal Lowe up top, 
them pair have been switching and linking up fantastic as well. Um, but really, I think that the main two players, especially if Horahan doesn't start, I think the main two players that are going to cause Brentford's defence an awful lot of problems are our attacking wing-backs um, in Connor Roberts and Bidwell. Um, they're flying this season, the pair of them. Bidwell's been rotated a little bit with uh, with Ryan Manning and covering in, in the centre rather than on the left. But again, even when he's been dropping into the centre, he's been he's been dangerous and he's been a fantastic cover in defence. Um, but between the two of those wing-backs uh, this season, uh, they have nine assists and three goals between them, which is a, a fantastic output from those two. Um, and it's been key to hopefully keep on keep hold of Roberts for the remainder of January. If we can keep hold of him, uh, that's going to be a massive boost to our for the rest of our season. Um, as I say, they're both huge threats down the wing, so look out for them too. We'll be excited to see. Um, and again, uh, if the introduction of, of Hurahan happens, then again that'll be massive and exciting. Um, he played 66 minutes against Forest on the weekend in the cup, and you can see his qualities and his dangers. Uh, he immediately took over from set pieces over Matty Grimes, and instantly from the first corner, it was right in the mix on the penalty spot. Got the the Forest uh, keeper scrambling, um, and, and that continued throughout the game. Even on the free kicks, you know, lumping the ball into the box, they were all on point. So if he starts, he's going to be a danger in attack, and it'd be great to see him having a, a dead ball situation um, around the box to see, you know, what he can do and you know whether he can stick the ball in the back of the net um, so I'd expect a lot of link up play um, through our midfield and going into the attack with you know a, a very strong defence and those, those attacking wing backs getting involved um, Brentford side players to look out for you know it's you guys know you've got a very strong defence um, with you know a very very creative midfield. Um, you know you've got Raya in goal, fantastic, fantastic goalkeeper. Pulled off some outstanding saves against us in the playoffs and in the, the, the earlier game this season. Um, again, like I say, you've got a, a fantastic creative midfield with De Silva and, uh, and Jensen or Jansen, sorry, uh, and a formidable attacking uh, lineup with Imbrimo, Tony, and Canos. So. It's going to be an interesting game, one I'm, I'm very looking forward to, and I'm massively shocked that Sky have chosen Cardiff against Barnsley uh, over this uh, promotion-chasing chasing game. Um, but I've got to back the Swans. Uh, I always back the Swans. and I, I, With our defence and the way that we've been playing, the way Cooper's been setting us up, it's going to be a really difficult task, I think, for for either side to break each other down. But I think, I think your guys are going to have quite um, a job in hand on Wednesday against our back line. I think you'll be quite surprised with just how good they are. Um, so I'm going to go for a two-one Swansea win uh, at the Liberty Stadium on Wednesday. Uh, and you know, if we get this win, a massive three points. You know, beating Brentford with the, with the unbeaten form that they're in. Um, It'll be a massive, massive statement for our intent going forward for the rest of the season. Um, and, you know, it'll keep us going nicely, uh, marching on, hopefully back to the Premier League. Uh, no playoffs for us this season. Uh, I honestly think we can go one better, especially with the squad, the cohesion within the squad. Just everything feels good at the moment. Um, you know, we've been blessed that we've not had any long-term injuries. Touch wood, that doesn't happen. Uh, we've been blessed that we haven't lost any major key players in any transfer windows. Touch wood, that doesn't happen. Um, but for me, it's uh, it's looking like automatic promotion this year. T teams are chasing us, just like you guys. We're one of those teams that 
other that the opposition really want to beat for your own guy for your guys unbeaten run and for our guys uh, solid back line and our clean sheets um so i think as i say 2-1 for the swans on wednesday and hopefully a top two finish for swansea at the end of the season um so yeah that's that's everything from me thanks billy once again for having me on mate um all the best with the rest of the season after wednesday night but i hope you get the win over you up the swans cheers guys so that was Tom from Total Swans TV. And to say that he's quite confident, um, I know you sort of try to keep quietly confident, but the fact is that, you know, quite confident because, uh, well, to be fair, he's got quite a, he's got fair play for him to be confident because they're actually doing very well. I mean, look at Swansea. You know, they've got the best defence in the league. They've only let in 13 goals as well. OK, they haven't scored nearly as many goals as us, but it seems that they're also quite clinical. So the chances that they get they actually score them. I mean, you know, they get 10.7 shots per game. We're on sort of kind of 14.3. Um, I think we're on 12 shots per game as well. So, you know, they seem to be quite clinical. So it seems to me the thing that we need to do is, and I know it sounds like it's not rocket science, <laughs> but we need to not get them to get in on goal because they, um, I think if we can get them in on goal, they are, um, they can be quite deadly and especially people like Ayu and we know what he's like. I mean, that geezer, every time you think he's not going to do it and he does it every time. And also on top of that, they've uh, they spent a bit of money as well. I mean, they bought in Conor Huran, who we know, we knew him from um, Barnsley beforehand Then we knew him when he got transferred to Aston Villa and, you know, he's a decent player. He, you know, he's obviously not getting a look in in the Premier League, but take a step down a level. He's done it down here, so that could be a problem for us. And also they bought in this Jordan Morris from the Seattle Sounders in the MLS. And uh, I know a bit because I've been doing quite a lot of MLSing myself, actually. And like I said, Jordan Morris, he's, he's seen from my little uh, contacts out there as one of the best players in the MLS. Played for Seattle Sounders. They won the MLS Cup, which is basically the league out there last season. Um, he's fast. Uh, left-sided player plays for the national side and uh, they're a little bit confused as to why he came over to the second tier in England and I think that's partly because they don't quite understand uh, probably the level that is at and where you can go from the second tier to the top tier especially if you you know a team like Swansea a team like you know these teams are at the top how that can actually a big jump you know a big learning curve and a big jump for them so uh it could be quite interesting like I said to you on Wednesday night false team though it looks like Laney so you know we're not going to be lying down are we no 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 absolutely not um, you know you said we need to be rock solid at the back um, you know Raya's back in goal um, you know Rico's back uh, Dalsgaard's back uh, it, it, you know, it, we're all right, and, and and as you said, you know, Mads Beck, he's 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 turned into a, you know, I, I don't look when Mads Beck is picked now and think, ah, oh, you know, we're we're weaker. I just think he's a first teamer now. So fair play to him. He's he's really proved himself this season. Um, and then obviously Pinnock, we know all about him. And he's he's a class act. So it's it's really the, it's my my concerns if I've got any really is is the midfield. Um, you know, it's 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 where we, you know it's Jensen plays. We've touched on it earlier. He needs to be on his best form. Um, n- none of this messing around and passing to p- players that are, you know p- opponents are standing in front of him. He he needs to you know he needs to sort of like concentrate. So uh, yeah, um, we've got uh, we've obviously got Tony back. 
Um, we need to give him some service. His last couple of games, I'm not sure he's got what he he needed to to, to get in terms of goal scoring opportunities. So, you know, there's there's, there's still some work to do, um, but I'm confident we can keep the unbeaten run going. Uh, it won't be a disaster if we lose, but I think we can go there and win, Bill. Yeah, and, and just look at the way that they play. Listen, they play with width. They, you know, they attack down the right. You know, they like to control the game in in our half. In effect, you know, um, they like to play the through balls. They like to play short passes. You know, they play football like you know. Um, and what they do is they attack down the wings. So our wing backs need to be on the money. You know, when they they could good at protecting the lead. So the thing is that we can't let them go ahead because you know once they're ahead, I mean their defence is so good. So we can't let them go ahead as well. So you can see one of these Thomas Frank. Let's get to half time. You you know, let's get 70 minutes and switch it up a little bit. And also, they're, they're very good at defending set pieces as well and also stealing the ball from the opposition. So we really, really need to be on our game. You know, they're not very good in the air, so maybe this might be uh, an, uh, something that we use, I mean, recently with our set pieces. I mean, you, you know, we'd be scoring goals from set pieces, which is something that we never used to do. You know, with our, with our corners and stuff, we seem to be getting better and better at that. So maybe that might be the Achilles heel that we can hit them in or one of the Achilles heel and also Mad. Beck Sorensen's throws, his long throws into the area, isn't it, Laney? Yeah, I, I thought Yenelt's uh, corner that led to the the goal uh, against Leicester. You know, he he beats the first man. You know, I'm not beating up on on, on Jensen, but so so frequently he doesn't do that. He he takes a corner or he takes a free kick and it hits the bloke standing in front of him, and it's 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 just massively infuriating when you know what he's capable of. Um, Yenelt. He's he's dead ball. He's dead ball taking. He's you know he's free kick taking and his corner taking. I think he's is the best at the club um, at the moment. So you know he, I'm sure he'll start. You know and I'm, and I and I want to see him taking corners and free kicks. Okay, and just see, we're up against obviously you've got Connor Roberts and Jake Bidwell. You know, your flying wing backs or your full backs are for, 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 for Swansea, so we need to be on the game because, you know, we had a laugh about Bidwell when he went to QPR and he wasn't the best there, but he's really come on at Swansea and he's also really contributing to their attacking play as well. You've got um, your Matt Grimes, your Fultons, you know, your Jay Danders. Um, and Jamal Lowe as well, which uh, the Allard knows very much about the Jamal Lowe from uh, from oh, what's it from uh, um, from Hampton? I think it's from from, ha- from Hampton, wasn't it? From Hampton, Hampton and, Rich- and Richmond. That's Borough. right. When yeah. he was Hampton, and he did he did put that recommendation in quite a few years ago about the Jamal Lowe. But listen, different times, different folks, and obviously IU. So Brentford definitely need to be on our game to keep them at bay. A very good side, the ten- uh, Swansea. Um, do they have the consistency to get themselves to um, the the top two spot? We shall see. Like I said to you, they're not messing around. They're spending money and they're getting their loans into because that's how they do their business. So let's just see. But Laney, let's just, I've got to ask you the question because we've talked about Swansea. We've heard Tom talk about Swansea. We've talked about it to a certain extent, but we need to just go back and just chill and get ready for the game on Wednesday because there's not much more that we can say we could do. The players have had their rest. We've had our cup match, but now it's down to business. So what do you reckon Wednesday against Swansea? Score prediction. Score prediction is 2-1 to Brentford. The bigger picture is that we don't allow them to take a jump on us and and pull away any further. So I'm I'm more than happy to take a draw right now. So, uh, yeah, I think the, 
the, the, the biggest victory is for, for us to, to be reigning in those top two places. So hopefully we can do that. Yeah, two one Bs. Okay, and for me, I'd be very happy with a draw, to be quite honest with you. They're a good side. We're away from home. We, you know, we haven't played for a bit. We looked a little bit knackered in that Luton game because we had a few players out from the COVID and we had a couple of games off. So for me, if we can come back against Swansea and draw one all, as I'd say, I'll be very happy because we've still got our games in hand and we can do what we need to do with those games in hand. But anyway, this is the besotted pride of West London mini pod. It's probably slightly more or less mini than we thought it was going to be. But that's all good. It's no problems whatsoever because we're sitting in our houses with not very much else to do. So uh, well, watching this, football. That's right. We're watching the Leeds game here at the moment now as well. Um, and I've managed to work out how to get my subtitles on as well. I had to get my son in to do that for me. Thank you very much, Eliza. That's all good. But anyway, um, listen, football is back very happy on Wednesday so we're going to be sitting down there we're going to be watching it in our houses with our friends with our families and fingers crossed we can get the points we need to so we can get back in the game get the momentum going and get Brentford back heading towards the top two because that's where we really want to be good chatting to you this evening Laney uh, good chatting to you I, I might, might do the same on Thursday if you're not doing anything okay I think maybe Thursday we should come back and we should actually have a little chat after the Swansea game and talk about the Wickham game as well and as we know we'll have another away fan guest for that as well on Thursday so check that out but listen thanks very much for supporting us thanks very much for listening go and subscribe and give us all these comments and just give us big thumbs up and everything like that but big up for Brentford on Wednesday because we need the three points as we say come, come on, on UBs UBs The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.